You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. And here we are, face-to-face, once again, on the old Undisputed Podcast with your favorite DJ and mine, Mr. D. Scott, hey. and our host, Sir Mix Well, uh, I gotta be honest, my okay. favorite DJ would be DJ Tanner. Oh. Okay. And we've got a... That's a full house reference. Yeah, it was it was not good though. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Don't just Frank, you can't start the podcast off like that. We're already on the wrong foot. Let's get on the right foot. Special guest, and you're embarrassing me in front of my guest. Why don't you intro the guest and let's uh get this cart on the road? Our guest today is affectionately known as not Marty, but Moose. Moose, my friend, my old friend Moose. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. When you say old friend, that much means we're not friends anymore. Oh, no. Well, I don't mean it. At, yeah, no. So don't take that um, literal. My old friend as in we don't work together anymore. But we did. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling's like that, though, right? I mean, do you yeah. notice that, too? Like, um, you, you have, like, a circle of people, and then you you see them all the time, almost more than your family, and then you go to another company, or they go to another company or something, and then you don't see them again for, you know, who knows how long. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean I've been in the same company for seven years now, so... Yeah. Uh, I haven't experienced that quite as much. I mean, I I had a small, a short run with Ring of Honor, and that's when I got. That's when I met you and some of the other great guys there. And yeah, you're right because all the guys that was in my close circle in Ring of Honor, like yourself and Roddy and yeah, um, Jay Lee, I don't talk to as much. Right. Uh, yeah. Once in a while, I'll. We'll send texts and back and forth, but sure. it was a point where I saw you guys literally every weekend. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It, it's very much like that, and uh, it kind of comes in waves. And like, uh, it's it's really kind of weird when when you like when it first hits, and mm. uh, the like month goes by that you haven't seen these people. Um, that you were used to seeing all the time. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you blink and it's, it's a year or two later and you haven't seen these people. Right. Um, yeah. It's interesting. That's always my, my, that's also my <laughs> big scare. Well, like going to ever going to a new company or going somewhere is making new friends. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm very, I'm really shy when it comes to getting to know people and ah, being okay. cool with people. So it was like, really? Yeah. Very. Yeah. So I didn't, I never noticed that about you. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like we were, um, we didn't have any, like, like we were f- f- pretty fast friends. I thought, 
you and I. Yeah, but, but then I again, I'm highly likable. Yeah, but it's not. It wasn't me, <laughs> um, like making the front. I think we became all the people I became friends with. It was one of those things that I might have walked in and you guys were like teasing me or something and. Right. Just like that, we just became friends because yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> so teasing me, right? right? Yeah, well, but mean, it wasn't that. it wasn't me like initiating initiating the friendship. Like, gotcha. hey, my name is Moose. You wanna? Um, yeah, I I'm usually to myself unless yeah somebody yeah because I'm just I've always been shy. So every time it comes to leave an impact, that's always a big factor <laughs> in my decision making. That's interesting. Um, if I go somewhere else. <laughs> Dude, you know, you got like all the physical gifts you could ask for. And uh, like that stuff hangs you up. That's uh, that's Yeah, it, yeah, it's so weird. It's definitely yeah. in my it's thought process. It's not weird. Huh? It's just it's not, it's not what somebody would expect. I don't. Right. I, I don't think. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Um, right. But I don't know. I've always been a fan of yours, uh, professionally, personally, all the way around. Um, Moose, what I gotta say, man, like, so when we first met, you've always been big, and you've always been like jacked. But what I've noticed in the last few years is how friggin' lean you've gotten. Like, oh. yeah, you were just saying before, like you're gonna go do some. Uh, some extra cardio is that what is that is that one of your uh one of your tricks of the trade what's up um yeah um luckily i got um i became friends with a professional coach that coaches like um big time bodybuilders in a okay. bodybuilding in- industry and um yeah we we became close friends and he showed me some tips and showed me some of the tricks to getting lean and during covid we wasn't I mean, we wasn't having shows as frequent as we are now. I mean, I think we were having right. shows like five days out of two and a half months or something. Right. So it was one of those things where I was like, man, I have two months of not going anywhere and sitting in the house. Mm. What can I do with this two months? Oh, well, all this downtime. So um, I went to AJ's, his name is AJ Austin Sims. and. Um, he showed me all the tricks and all the t- all the tips, and I made it a a point and a goal of mine to get to lean. get lean. Yeah, wow. and I mean, once I, once it started, weight started falling off really quick. Like it, it is, like, yeah. yeah. So Thank I will you, I will make it to one to a tape, and everybody be like, "Oh man, you look great!" And then two four, two months later, I'll make it to another tape, and I'm like, "Geez, like." Do you have cancer or something? <laughs> like two months yes. later, I'm like, oh my God, you wow. freaking lean. What the hell is going on? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that bodybuilder protocol. And I'll yeah. only speak from the little bit of knowledge it, it, through the experience I had. Tommaso had gotten me on uh, when I first started working for NXT. Or no, it was when I came back from my uh, my ACL surgery. Um, and it was a diff- it was different macros than I was used to. And it was higher carbs, way low fat, like yeah. so low on the fat that it was like hard to do sometimes. And um, you're right. When the weight started to come off, like it came off quick and quick, easy. Yeah. 
And um, my wife and I had had first met at the time, and we obviously weren't married and stuff at that point. But I had gotten so lean that like she got to a point where she was like, "You're skinny." I was like, "No, you're crazy." I look like look at these abs. You know, I just it was the abs. I was just excited right. about the abs. But uh, she's like, "No, you're kind of looking skinny." And so I get what you were saying. And it's one of those things now because the last two months I've tried out the new look, trying to put on maybe 10, 12 pounds to see um, how I would look. Because I've never, like, since I've lost all that weight, um, especially doing that. Or what were you weighing? Like, so when you got your lean, you went from My leanest, I went from 290 to about 252. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, just recently, the last eight weeks I was I told myself I'm I'm gonna try to bulk up a little bit to see yeah. if I like the look. I'm trying to get like Brian Cage per se. Yeah. And um I did it and I gained like twelve pounds and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I hate this look. Because yeah. I'm so used to seeing myself so lean and so yeah. slender. So that's what last week I was like, you know what? I'm going back to being two fifty two. I like the way I move. I like the way I feel um mentally it's just better for me so yeah um i've been doubling up on my cardio trying to hit it two times a day what's the cardio of choice um between the elliptical and the stairmaster okay. for about 30 minutes each time okay gotcha nothing no, too crazy no roller skating oh no I do Twister. My wife and I, we do. We play Twister. Oh, that's, how you, that's how you keep the marriage interesting. <laughs> N- yeah, naked <laughs> Twister. <laughs> she won't let me get naked. Yeah. No. She's like, no, you keep your clothes on. You just keep them on, cowboy. Better off that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you guys just came off a pay-per-view, no? Um. Yeah. We. Um. Yeah. We had one of the app special pay per views, not a, a actual real pay per views. Oh, so the okay. way so the way we do, we have streaming? four. Yeah, streaming. Um, we have okay. four pay per views a year, like actual pay per view pay per views a year, and then we have, if I'm not mistaken, eight app specials a year. Okay. Um. So totals totals to twelve all together. Okay, so what's so it's the pretty big much news? it's pretty much once a month. Okay, what's the big news coming out of this last one? So even though it was kind of a medium level thing, what's uh, what's 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 in store for for Moose specifically? First and foremost, what do you got going on? Um, nothing really big at the moment. Um, not really any big plans with the company at the, at the moment. As you know, in pro wrestling, everybody can't be on the top forever. No. Uh, I mean, there's only one man that's doing it, and that's Roman Reigns, right? But if yeah. you're not Roman Reigns, that's not real life in pro wrestling, right? I was uh, Roman Reigns. I yeah. was. <laughs> uh, so, I'm yeah, so it, it, in wrestling, as Bobby already knows, um, you don't usually stay at the top forever. So they cycle guys through. And yeah. I had my I had my eight-month run as a world champion, and um, ever I since I've been – it was just a good run. It was a pretty oh, good yeah, run, man. Uh, World champion, big stuff, yeah. brother. 
And once I lost it, I've just been um, trying to get some of the younger guys. It's kind of me weird, me calling other people younger, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's what I've been doing um, the last few months is trying to get the younger guys um, over and have good matches with some of the younger guys and yeah. put guys over, which is part of wrestling. I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the big news coming out from Against All Odds, which was the name of the app special pay-per-view was Alex Shelley won the Impact World yes. Championship for the first time. Yes, big congratulations, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big I mean such a long time coming. Yeah. Him and Saban were you know just such staples of of impact over yeah, the years. been there from been there from the from the start of the company. Yeah. Yeah. And in so, many, many, many iterations. Um right. You know, but a couple of OGs, both of them from uh, from way back, even, you know, like Ring of Honor. I remember when I was first just figuring out what I had just been trained and first figuring out what independent wrestling was and stuff. And Saban was one of those guys that was like on everybody's like short list of guys to watch. And then I right. saw Saban in um, Ring of Honor. And uh, then I, Alex Shelley kind of came out of nowhere to me. I'm sure other people who had a better finger on the pulse of indie wrestling knew of Alex. But when he started doing the um, Generation Next with Ring of Honor for Gabe Sapolsky, and it was him, Roddy, Austin Aries, I want to say um, oh, the breakdancer. What the hell was his name? Well, whatever. Um, shit. No, I just had it on the tip of my I was going to say Disco Inferno, but definitely not. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, I just, I feel bad because it's like insulting to not remember his name. I don't mean to insult anybody. But anyway, that Alex was the first Rotten. time. That's Wonder that? Kid. Alex Rotten? No, Alex. What's the guy from WCW that used to do the dance? The... Oh, hey, that's, that's Wonder right. Kid. That's Wonder Kid. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Alex Wright. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so um, well deserved. Long time coming for Alex Shelley. Yeah. Happy to uh, happy to see that 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 they put the the faith in him um, yeah. to do that. And so, isn't Saban um, X Division champ? Yeah, Saban also won the X Division champion. Um, okay. Now, I guess the the question is. I mean, obviously, I'm not a writer, and I have no idea what goes on in that in that office when they write the shows. But right. the question on everybody's mind is: Does Saban cash in his? Um, oh, does his he have ex- kind of a get out of jail free card? No, no, because you know the the rule with the X division title is you could cash it in to get a oh, world right. title. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So the the Saban cash it in to get it a shot at Shelly. I mean, that's, that's a question, but I don't, well, I guess you have to watch the show to find out. I guess I have to watch the show also. To find out. <laughs> yeah, I, that is, that's, you know, well, that's when wrestling's at its, its uh, apex is when there's more questions than answers. You know, I think you talked about Roman Reigns a minute ago. I, I think that's why the bloodline thing has been so successful is because there's, you know that it's uh it's cliffhanger you know episodic storytelling is all it is i mean talk about masters of that uh paul Heyman. he uh we were talking about it earlier i just got done listening to an interview uh 
from him and he was on Rick Rubin's podcast and uh, man, what like so informative, such an informative podcast episode. Um, he talked so much storyline wrestling stuff towards the end and it was just um it was just brilliant like some of the stuff is you know after 20 some odd years myself in the wrestling industry like by no means do i know it all um but there was just so much information and so much detail in what he went into that it was like just layers upon layers and and, uh, you know, I, I, I think people, people talk about like being in the bubble, right. The, the pro wrestling bubble and not seeing outside. And what was really interesting is he takes so much inspiration from movies, pop culture, other things, yeah. everything that's not wrestling. And that right. I think in and of itself is, uh, is no, he's, uh, he's definitely great. And that's something I've found myself doing the last couple of years, um, I found myself watching a lot of movies where there's an actual villain and a good guy to learn how the villain does things, you know? Yeah. Something that, something that I could still, you know what I'm saying? Um, something minor that I could still to add to my character, um, you know? So, yeah, so that's definitely a good way of doing things, looking at it, because... Uh, one thing I hate is like I hate watching like wrestling, especially of a product, to try to find something to steal from other guys who's currently wrestling now with me yeah. and other companies. So the, what I do instead of watching other wrestlers to steal things from, I watch movies that has yeah. an actual bad guy and a good guy in it to find out yeah. where I can steal things. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there's there's nothing wrong with like getting inspiration, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's something morally correct about going outside of the wrestling business to find inspiration to bring back to the wrestling business as opposed mm -hmm. to, oh, I see this from one of my coworkers. I don't know if he's put it on TV yet. Well, I'm right. going to take it and do it. You right. know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. There's, there's just no no moral um, code to that. And like, I don't know. I'm my father raised me better than that, so I can't do it. I'm the same with you, same way with you. Yeah, yeah. But I think too, like you saying that you go to movies and and for that inspiration stuff. Sometimes, like it's it's simple, you know. It it, it it's a morality play at the end of the day, pro wrestling. And if mm -hmm. you find something about a character in a movie that resonates with you, and you can pull a little piece of that into what you do, and it odds are. This is just my take on it, but odds are when you put it into your stuff, it won't end up being exactly as what you took anyway. And then right. it'll morph even more. And by the second year or first year that you're, you've been doing it, it'll have turned into something completely different. It's just that that initial inspiration was there as this one thing, but it turns into something else. Right. No, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things about pro wrestling that I love the most. Um, and I think that that's why, um, you know, I really, I think the, the first place for you to look and, and it takes, I think some years to, to get that confidence, but to look 
outside of wrestling as opposed to looking within wrestling for the yeah. for the ideas and the yeah that, that's what i've been doing the last few couple of years is um i get most of my inspiration from outside of wrestling yeah well that is a uh that's a good kind of uh rule to follow i think um so moose you talked about impact wrestling um this is your home for the past seven years you said yeah yeah um what was so you were working um dreamer you worked sammy callahan you were doing like kind of hardcore stuff no yeah yeah <laughs> what um, was that like because that's a deviation <laughs> from where you like okay so you decide you want to get into pro wrestling mm -hmm. um and then you're obviously probably aware of that kind of wrestling right yeah yeah but i mean i, watched, I was a big fan of ecw um, yeah, I mean, when I decided to get into wrestling, I, it wasn't one of those things where I said, I'm only going to do this kind of wrestling. Okay. I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do it all. I want to be known as that guy that could literally wrestle any style. And I, I think thus far in my resume, I think I've showed that, like, um, put me in there with a hardcore, hardcore guys and I could get really, um, hardcore-ish. Uh, <laughs> send me to Mexico and I could do some lucha things. Send me okay. to Japan, I could wrestle strong style. Um, right. put me in there with some of the technical guys and I could, um, do I could have a good match, right? Doing right. my things with their with their technical abilities. So, um, I feel like I, um, I, I, I want to show that I could do everything. So, when they told me, um, I was gonna go on these runs of um, gimmick matches. I mean, it was just uh, something else on my plate to accomplish. Right, a, mo a moose of all trades. So to yeah, speak. I love that. Put that <laughs> on a shirt. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That might. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just footnote me. Just yeah. give me a little bit of credit at the bottom. <laughs> That's all. And royalties. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, I was about to say you don't get no royalties. Though. <laughs> we have to sign a waiver. On I that. beat you to it. I beat you to it. Let's uh, not broadcast that. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> just before we move on from this topic, the um, the hardcore stuff. So, Tommy Dreamer, ECW legend. Um, mm -hmm. Is it a, is it somewhat surreal when you're like, okay, I'm standing across from the innovator of violence. <laughs> what? Whose life am I living? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you kind of get. I mean, I'm I'm friends with good friends with Tommy now, so it's yeah. not it's not as a big of a thing now because I look at him as a friend and not uh, okay. Not, even though he is a legend, I don't look yeah. at him as a but DC. Yeah, Tom Laughlin, like, not yeah. the innovator of uh, <laughs> Violence, vehicular right. manslaughter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, I don't but, know. you know when starts with a V. There was a time when that hit me <laughs> where I think a few years ago I, I got the pleasure to um, I got the chance and the pleasure of wrestling Rob Van Dam um, oh, at the nice. pay per view. Actually, it was actually one of our bigger pay per views. Um, 
Cool. And that's when it hit me. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually wrestling Rob Van Dam. Yeah, you try not yeah. to be a mark about it, right? But yeah, he, yeah. He is somebody that you saw rest. And me and I mean, sure. I, I'll be honest, me and Rob, we, I don't consider Rob my friend. I mean, he's a, he's a colleague of mine. So right. it, was, it, it was one of those things where, man, I was across to him and I was like, man, I'm in the fucking ring with Rob Van Dam yeah, right now. Yeah, like, yeah. what is going on, you know? <laughs> so I, I think that's when that hit me. And then a, a couple of years after that, I wrestled Ken Shamrock. Oh, oh wow! An, another moment where I was like, and another in our biggest pay per view of the year, Bound for Glory, and it was like, oh my god, I'm wrestling Kent Shamrock. Like, <laughs> right. What the what the hell, right. you know? Right. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, you've been there. Um, it happens, yeah. and um, wrestling's yeah, weird in that way. Not not yeah. not so much weird, but it, it's cool in that way. Yeah. Is that like? You know, these people, um, you know, they they become your locker roommates or, right. you know, your peers. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's I, I remember it took me probably two weeks at NXT to actually like start absorbing um, like when we would do film study with Sean, uh, mm-hmm. Sean Michaels, I'm, I'm name yeah. dropping. You know, just dropping the, you know, the heartbreak kid. So the show's let me just put that right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like I had to be aware and present to tell myself, like, listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth. Don't just sit there slack jawed going, that's Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels. Yeah. Sean yeah, Michaels talking to me. Like, I don't know what he's saying, but holy shit. That's, you know who that is? <laughs> you know? I think my favorite story, though, is I think it was last year you were doing something with Sting as Brian Bosworth was in the crowd. And I don't think you knew Bosworth was in the crowd until I, I texted you the next day. Like, hey, you know Bosworth yeah. in the crowd? Are you yeah, kidding no. me? I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know because I, I, was, I, I was the biggest Brian Bosworth fan ever. The football player, um, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. But I was a big Sting, and I was a big Sting mark too. Um, right. And Bosworth was – we were in Texas, I think, and that's where he lives. And he was at uh, Dynamite that night, and we did something with Sting. I don't know. And that in and of itself was surreal for me, like yeah. working with Sting. Um. But yeah, um, Bosworth was in the crowd, and Frank knew it, and he didn't niggy me because he's not no. a good friend. He waited till the next day, <laughs> I did too. Me and you know, so yeah. So then there's there's that. Frank's not a good friend. So <laughs> if Frank story. gives you his number after this. Like, don't take it. Yeah. <laughs> On the way out the door of this podcast, like, yeah, ignore Frank. Be honest, De- Dennis. Yes. Frank, nope. not so much. Nope. I mean, I'd let him buy me a drink. But he's definitely <laughs> He's definitely drinking. What's that? Frank? You're going to let Frank try buy you what? a drink? Say, so was it what? 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 I'm where before we go, boys. I'm <laughs> where before we go. All right, Frank, pick us up. Pick us up. Where are we? We fell down. We fell we down. We fall Frank. down. Pick us up. Um, Let's... um. Here's a broad question. What makes wrestling special? Um, 
mean, it's, it's more than one thing that makes wrestling special is the, the athletes who decide to put their life on the line to do it. The fans who come to the show, pay their hard earned money and interact with us. Uh, they do it. Um, I think, I mean, that's probably the big two right there. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Moose, because not every pro wrestler, um, you know, left the NFL to <laughs> be a pro wrestler. Um, so you football and I remember you and I have had this conversation, I think, previously, like football was not your big dream, correct? No, it's just something I was luckily good at. Right, I, I remember you saying it, yeah. it's so good that you go to the fucking NFL. <laughs> uh, talk about crazy. The crazy thing about that situation, I only played football for two years in high school. Yeah, so it wasn't even. A, yeah, it wasn't. A, I didn't play for four years. I played junior and senior year, wow. and got a lot. Got all the scholar. Most of the scholarships I got to go to college was given to me after my junior year. Wow. I, it was insane. one of those things where everybody wanted me to make a decision right during my senior year and i was and you're what and 17 was, 18 years old uh actually i think i was 17. because yeah. when i got to college i was 18. i turned 18 in college yeah okay are you yeah. a fall baby fall uh, no I'm at, oh, my birthday was in april april oh, okay. 23rd because i'm uh october Dennis and I are October, so we're always a step younger. I I don't know how it works out, but I do remember when I got to college. Um, yeah. Maybe it was for the freshman camp or whatever. I do know I was still seventeen, okay. and I didn't turn eighteen until okay. shortly afterwards. So four years college football. Four years college football. Okay, four years of college football. University of Syracuse. Yeah. Move on to the NFL. How many years we do in the NFL? Seven and a, seven and a half. Holy shit. That's a long time. Yeah. With just competing at the highest level. That's at the highest crazy. level. Yeah. And then people ask me this question. I get asked this question all the time, and I can't believe people don't know and they ask and that's they ask all the time i was like oh, what's which one is harder football or wrestling and i'm like is that are you seriously asking me that what do you think like wrestling you can wrestle till you're 55 years old you can't play football most people average career is three years yeah so there's a reason for that right yeah yeah for sure. but i get asked that all the time is i feel like that's a really dumb question <laughs> you, you would think that that doesn't really need to be answered um, or asked i guess for for um so obviously the nfl is tougher in that respect um you get into wrestling so what would would you say the the learning curve in pro wrestling easier harder same oh it's because it's such a nuanced thing you know it's like football you're competing you just right. go and compete um wrestling See, becomes the thing with wrestling thing, right wrestling there's really no facts in wrestling you know 
Mm-hmm. So wrestling is, is a subjective sport where completely he just took the words right it, out of my mouth. It's subjective to whoever coaches you. Like I've had one coach that told me one thing and then yep. go to another coach and he told me the exact opposite of what right. well football is more factual, you know? Yeah. And um so in that sense, I think it's probably easier to learn something factual than it is to learn something subjective. Yeah. And I feel like the reason why a lot of people who suck at wrestling or don't get wrestling is because they ask too many people for opinion yeah. and the people's answers are never the same. It's never gonna right. be the same because it's all subjective. So now in their brain, they're like, man, this guy told me this and this guy told me this, but this guy told me this, who do I listen to? It's like, right. Yeah, where in re- in football, if you go to ten coaches, they're probably all ten guys going to tell you to do this this way because yeah. that's the correct way to do it because it's a yeah. factual thing, you know. Yeah, that's a really astute observation. I mean, yeah. as far as just being different, like because it it certainly is, and you do if you get too many opinions in pro wrestling, like you're gonna be you're lost, gonna be yep. yeah, and you're gonna be indecisive, and that's the last thing you want to be. Right. Um, you know, you got to make your decision and stick with, like, li- ride with it. Um, yeah, my biggest, my biggest pet peeve is, oh, this bothers me so much. I don't say anything about it because I'm like one of the, the cool guys who just keeps to themselves at like shows or whatever. But my biggest pet peeve, especially some of the younger guys who come to Impact for the first time, or they get a tryout match or a, a dark match or whatever, and they have the dark match, and they literally come to the back and ask every single person hey any feedback right and that that and i watch in the corner them asking every single person i'm like how can you learn how can you get better right because my in my sense is like everybody's going to give you a different answer literally everybody is going to give you a different answer because everybody sees wrestling different so you're going to leave that show being more confused than when you got there yeah Right. So what I usually tell people is like, when you get in the locker room, if you want advice, look at one person who you respect the most, or you want to be like, or you think has a great knowledge for wrestling. That's a person you go ask for feedback. And that's the only person you need to ask for feedback, because if you get too many opinions, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, again, I think that's pretty astute. Um, advice you know like paying attention to the fact that you can't you know listen to five different people you've you've gotta kind of seek out one person and trust that person's like ride or die with it like right you know whatever that is that's that's kind of where you're uh where you you stick to so you're not all over the place right um true story so when we was in ring of honor together uh i believe i know for aj was there and aj had a run with us um yeah. for about a good six months or whatever before i he think it might have been when he had the iwgp i don't remember what it was but i remember title i was oh. in a you might have been in this match too it was the um ring of honor has this match where it's the all-stars versus champions mm-hmm. where it's a tag match when all the champions yeah. versus all the and i think it was me though and somebody else 
I, I forget what the teams were, but AJ I think was it's like a ten tag, right? Yeah, it was a ten man tag, and I, I was I was luckily I was in that match with some of the great athletes and wrestlers that was in there. Yeah. And I remember after the match, um, I pulled AJ aside and asked him for his feedback. And I don't remember what he told me because it's so long ago. Sure. But then I pulled Jay Lethal was also in the match, and I asked yeah. Jay Lethal for his feedback. And those are two guys who I consider are very great wrestlers. Yeah. And they both gave me contradictory <laughs> advice. <laughs> and right. that, but so who do you That's listen a, to, right? It's like, do I listen to <laughs> do, I, do I listen to AJ, who's at this point one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, or do I li yeah. listen to Lethal, who's Lethal is also a very damn good wrestler? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, and after that moment, that was like a learning experience for me in the sense that I can't ask too many people yeah. for advice. I have to stick to one person who I go to to sure. get my wrestling knowledge, and that's what I've been doing. Right. Right. And that person has been me for what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you know, get in line. Line forms to the left. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, AJ, awesome wrestler. Jay Lethal, awesome wrestler. But you're right. It is such a subjective business that it really depends on um, who's asking the questions, who's giving the answers. Um, but it's also, I, you know, it's kind of one of the great things about pro wrestling too, is like, this is, uh, there's a canvas out there and you go out and you paint it with, uh, with whatever color you want, you know, right. and, and what works for one person may not work for, for somebody else. Person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Frank, what, uh. What do you we got, got a uh, we got a special guest. We what? Another another special guest. What's going another on one? here? It's and Where? it's and it's not Hulk Hogan. We got a special no. guest. Where? 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 This is my show. I should. I should well, know about these things. A right? guy that Moose knows. Huh? Mm -mm. Yes. I know. A lot like a really people. shitty version this of Moose. Surprise guest. A surprise guest. Up the road at Cl in Clifton Park, New York, a former I I, I, I I think I know who this is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Who do you think it is? This is Matt Tarullo. Come get some, boys and girls. Oh, there he is. Oh, you guys are telling great stories. Let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, Listen, I'm just over here having a Steve Weiser. Matt, yeah. we got to – okay, we got to give – you need a handle. You need a wrestling name. You need an alias. Oh, man, listen. I was the Big Dragoo. I was backyard wrestling <laughs> before any of you guys were doing any of this stuff. Okay, I was I was jumping off ladders at Nutwood Park, all right, with my, with my boys from Colony High. And my, my, my handle is Enforcer. I've always been the Enforcer. Oh, the Enforcer. Matt the Enforcer. Ball Bag Tarullo. <laughs> ball Bag I don't know. I, hey, you know, I'm just donuts. What's up? Hey, what's here. going on, brother? I, I, will, I, will, I will say this. Uh, I, I did learn one thing from uh, Matt in college. Uh, I don't know if that's my – is that my headphones that's making – that's breaking up? Um, I I think it might be Matty Ballbag because he's, he's new to the – I don't know. Who's got, the, who's got their phones the, by their computer? It's not me. It's where I got Oh, could be me. Phone. Oh, it sounds it sounds better now. But I did okay. learn one so thing from Matt. 
I learned one thing from Matt Marbles in college um, and something I did when he left, when he graduated. Matt was such a douchebag, like on the field. <laughs> no, on the field. On the field. Such, on the field. Let him finish. On the field. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people will say off the field you were too, but I'm talking strictly on, I'm talking strictly on the field. Matt was the biggest douchebag. But we also had a coach in George, rest in peace, who wanted us to be a douchebag? Like, so okay. after the play is over, fuck, fucking power drive that son bitch to the ground, fucking <laughs> really? dive on them. Yeah, yeah. A real alpha so when, male. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So one thing I, I learned from him is when Matt, especially when he left, I just continued on the trend of being the douchebag <laughs> that if I knocked you down, uh, you better not let me knock you down because. I'm gonna do some extra stuff to you while you're, you're on the ground. I, I, I honestly, I honestly check your think oil. Yeah, check oil your oil, checks. everything. I honestly <laughs> think that's that's why I survived the NFL for so long because right. skill wise, I don't think I was that good skill wise. But I think a lot of things that I did, all the coaches I played for loved it because I was that dirt bag that yeah. I would block you till the whistle was over and then do some extra. Yeah. afterwards Listen, you know, we got yeah. trained to be in fights that that was our yeah. job yeah. confrontation every day we loved it you know? yeah we couldn't get enough confrontation Thanks i love the story. around i love the stories you're telling quinn i mean you know that's uh some serious nostalgia there and you know people people don't understand seven years in the nfl you're getting cut you're getting traded you're injured you're getting released mm-hmm. you're getting checked back up you're celebrating your birthday on your own you know, it's it's not an easy life. It's not it's not no. easy at all. Would yeah. you call it uh, isolating? Like where you know everybody sees it. It's this team sport. You're in a locker room. You know, blah blah blah. But because every case is its own, similar to pro wrestling. Like, do you feel isolated? Um, I I so my journey is a lot different than others because the first four years of my career, I played for one team, which was the Falcons. So I was drafted by the Falcons. I called Atlanta home. My ex-wife at the time was in Atlanta with me. And I think when the hate for football came, it was after I got traded. Yep. Um, And that's when the hate came because every city I went to afterwards, I went by myself. Um, Because, I mean, you get traded to a team, you don't know how long are you going to be there if it's a long-term thing if you're there only for one season because you're literally only there for one for that contract year so it didn't make sense to have my wife at the time come with me you know so uh we had a, a house in georgia so it was it was smart for her to stay home and just come to the games that you want to come to so and i i think because i was going to those cities by myself my the small, the little love that I have for football just kept. It withers, dude. It, it, and you yeah, know, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about the wrestling locker room. The same thing happens in football, right? You become a mark. You know, you're sitting next to Drew Bledsoe. You're sitting next to Tony Romo. Like you're like almost in fan stardom for a second. But then yeah, you're like, oh shit, yeah. I gotta go to practice, right? Yeah, right. I gotta yeah, go. I gotta, I, gotta go punch, I gotta go punch Leroy Glover in the face, and then hope yeah, he doesn't right. kill me afterward, right? Yeah. But dude, it is isolating. You know, like you're okay. you're in a new city, you're by yourself. It, it's, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's so each time that happens, you're kind of the new kid at school. 
Yeah, every single time. It's kind, it's kind of like going back. It's a callback to what I told you when I told you, like, one of the reasons why I've been in Impact so long is the scare of going somewhere else and making new friends. Transition. Yeah. Right. Same same thing with football. It's like one of the reasons why I hated it because I got traded. First of all, I came to Atlanta. Me and seven other guys that got drafted the Falcons, we created like a tight little bond where we came in together. Yeah. We were all friends. Then I get traded. Then I have to go make new friends in another town. Then right. at the end of that year, I don't get signed back and I get signed by another team. And now I have to go make new friends in that team. Yeah. Went to the point. No. Yeah, it sucks. It, it, it's not it's, it's not fun. You don't got a lot of support. I mean, most play. Think about it. You show up to a new city. There's no one to pick you up at the airport. There's no room ready for you. There's no dinner ready for you. Right? You're you're right. on your own. You know. Yeah. And that's a, that's yeah. I would say that's half the league. Right? There's very few people that meet their full contract, whether right. they get injured or traded or cut. You know, like it, it, it's a glamorous life for a small percentage of guys that get paid. Sure. Right. Yeah. But then talk about the other side, Quinn, when, you know, guys get out and they, they're used to making that kind of money. And then it goes to what? It goes to nothing. It goes to nothing. Yeah. It's, you get squad douche. You still got the same bills. You're used yeah, to that yeah. lifestyle, right? You're used to making 30, 40 grand a week. And then it goes to zero. Yeah. Right. So it's a huge, it's a huge lifestyle change. Which sure really, really, that's why a ton of players go broke, right? Because yeah, now they got to start taking chances that they don't normally take. Yeah, trust me, I know about that transition because I went from making fifty grand a week to making twenty dollars a match. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's a, that's you're, the you're, beauty you're, of the come living, up in pro right? wrestling. You're living here. Twenty dollars. Yeah. It's dude, it's not it's not easy. but you know what though, Quinn, that, that's why I, I was talking to Bobby about it, and that's what I get into what I'm doing now is helping young athletes get a handle on their finances because dude, NIL is real, right? Name image likeness, and all the college athletes nowadays, now they're entering the transfer portal looking for money, right? That's the first right, thing right. they're doing. Yeah. So so Matt, give us a, a little uh give us a little rundown of, of what you're doing, like a, a synopsis. Yeah you know, streamline it, but, no, but it's, you know, I, when I got done playing, I was thinking of going UFC or, or, or wrestling, right. And UFC wasn't big, right. It was 17 years ago. It was very, very rudimentary. I mean, listen, I wrestled, I like real wrestled, physically wrestled some of the best okay. UFC fighters in the world at that time. And they could not take me down. And Quinn okay. knows just like everybody else. I'm a great wrestler, right. but it was, it was the same thing. It was like a hundred bucks to go fight and get your brains bashed in. Right. Like I'm not doing that shit. Right. No way. I just got done doing that. So I started teaching and then uh, an opportunity came about to get my licenses to be a financial advisor. And uh, now my partner and I manage a quarter of a billion dollars and we work with households all over the United States of America. And um, now that we've built ourselves up, I get to really slow down and really think about who I want to work with. And with the NIL stuff that just happened, I really want to focus on athletes because there is not much regulation and there's not much oversight and kids are getting handed checks, right? Quinn, imagine we were 17 and got a check for hundred G's. Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Probably get kicked out of school. Right. What would we do, man? (laughs) You're you're 17, 18 years old. You're going to check for a hundred thousand dollars. What are you doing? Probably get kicked out of school. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll tell you what you're not doing. You're not preparing for taxes because right. <laughs> guess what? Uncle Sam's getting a piece of that, you know, right. 
Right. So, you know, I, I, I felt it pretty important to, um, you know, to just kind of talk about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. It's all about taking care of people and, and helping them. But, you know, it's, well, that's it's awesome. It's, the competitiveness Quinn talks about that I used to be a douchebag on the field. Right. And, you know, I'd get in a lot of fights. Right. I mean, shit, me and Quinn got in plenty of fights together and with each other. Right. Like we were teammates. He right. played tackle. I played center. We won a Big East title together. You, you, you're crazy if you don't, you don't think we got in fights. You know, like yeah. we got in fights. We got in fights all the time. Yeah. But That's at the end cool. of the day, we, what? Practice was, oh. <laughs> Especially <laughs> you, because we, did I, I started with you, didn't I? Yeah, you played tackle. Yeah, I played right tackle. Yeah, yes, it was did. me at right, you at center. Center. I forgot Steven, who the right Steven guard. Franklin. Steve, Steven Franklin, Franklin was at right guard. Terry at left tackle and Blaylock. Uh, no, no, no. Blaylock. No, no I forgot who the nope. who was the guard. Who was the left guard? That was a. I think the left guard we had problems with the left guard because we kept switching left switching. guards. Yeah, we, we we. Well, RJ RJ didn't know any of the checks. Our quarterback didn't know basically anything about football. He played receiver at the school prior. Um, yeah. so I had to make all the checks for him. Um, uh, who was the left guard? Now, now you're stumping me. It was Steven. The left. Steven was the right. Jason Green. Green. Jason Green. Yeah, that's right. Jason was literally 235 pounds soaking wet. The kid was so small. He was yeah. tiny. He was tiny. <laughs> oh my God! You bring back the old day. I just went. I just went to Q's last week, oh, Quinn, man. for for the for the Legends camp, and I hope you get to come next year because. Yeah, Moose, awesome. when's the last time you were uh, back in uh, back in uh, Maybe a year ago, I did an indie show at Syracuse. Okay. Um, okay. And I went back and I saw Coach Hicks. And, Hicks is still there. Uh, Hicks is still there. I think he's the only one that was there from um, – Kyle Fedley was there. Kyle's still there. Well, uh, actually, yeah. they just hired a, a new uh, Reggie Terry. His name is Dion. And uh, Dion was a former player, and they really them ramping up, bringing the alumni back, trying to get people in, do the right thing, you know, help kids. Right. But so, do do the um, does the school, you know, your former teammates, whatever they they all uh, clued in on on what you've been doing, Moose, the last okay, seven years. I mean, hopefully, I think I might have bought your first shirt. Yeah, Matt wrestling? came. Matt came to a show. Um, okay. Adam came to a couple of shows. Um, Nice. Who else? Um, I've had Damian Rose came to a couple of shows. Right um, okay. Um, what was the kid? Arthur Jones. Remember him? I don't Arthur. think he played with Arthur. Yeah. Listen, Arthur. Arthur and his brother just did a million dollar donation to the to the oh, complex. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's been to – Arthur's actually a wrestling fan. Him and his brothers are wrestling fans, so they come to a lot of the sh- – Every time you I say have Arthur a show, Jones, we're not talking John Jones's – John Jones' yeah, brother. John, John brother. Jones really? brother. Yeah, John Jones' brother. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I thought Arthur, I was going to say. Like, I remember Arthur. meeting Arthur. Arthur's bottom yeah. half was literally like a tank. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> from the waist down, it was just – That whole family is – That whole family is blessed because Arthur played, I want to say, five, six years in the NFL. Yep. His brother is John Jones, and then his other brother Chandler is like Chandler. a. He's yeah. probably gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah Chandler's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good genes there. Yeah, great genes. Good genes, good genes. Uh, no, uh, Quinn, Quinn, you guys hit on a lot of great stuff in the locker room, and 
It's really, it's really great. You talked about that because, you know, a lot of great things happen in the locker room. And, and I, Quinn, I love how you kind of like relegated of getting too much advice from too many people, because mm-hmm. that's, that's true for anything, man. If there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you're going to have a really nasty gumbo. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you, you got to go with the person you trust and you got to follow through with what they're telling you. Right. And that's, that's in any career, man. In teaching, cause that's, I, I still teach. I love teaching. It's a great profession. But then I realized again that, you know, to grow, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that other skill set of, you know, get that next layer. But listening Matt, to fi- uh, financial advising, would you say similar? Like, is there, if you're listening to too many people's advice, are oh, man. you kind of not really accomplishing anything because you're in too many directions? There's a, there's a lot of schools of thought, man, uh, on, on the financial advising world, right? Everyone's got a different take on right, how you should go. And, and Bobby, you might've experienced some of it, right? Where, you sure. know, you're, you're dealing with a single provider or you're dealing with a, a person, you don't know, really know who they're representing or do they really right. care about you, right? I mean, and people have the horror stories, right? And Quinn, you probably saw them, right? I mean, through mm-hmm. your time, you saw guys get screwed over. You saw guys not be able to catch breaks. Um, you know, if you listen to too many people and you don't have a process that you can lean on and say, Hey, this is mine and I know it works. Right. Right. It becomes a problem because you don't know who you are. Like you lose your identity. Right. Right. So, so Moose, did you have some, and, and, uh, you know, I don't want to get too personal on this, but did you have guidance leaving the NFL and then even getting into pro wrestling where, like you said, at first it was a big adjustment because the Indies, the come up, like, you know, you're getting a, a, a beer and a hot dog for driving 14 hours, um, you know, but then that eventually changes and you start working places like WWE or impact or uh, ring of honor, new Japan, and you start, you know, making some actual money that, that, you know, can pay bills and live on. Um, have you had uh, direction from anybody that you trust? Um, yeah, I, I think so. When it comes to wrestling and getting advice, I try to limit who I talk to to a, a few, a very small few. At the end of the day, you're gonna do what your boss, what your boss wants you to do, how he wants you to do it, because he's the guy paying the bills, right? Sure. Um, he's got paying you and you need that money to pay the bills. So um, luckily, a guy who's been my boss for the last few years was also is also my mentor, who was the guy who brought me up a wrestling, who coached me was Scott Demore. So with saying that, um, he's one of the guys that if I need advice on a wrestling topic, I go to him. Okay. Um, Jay Lethal was another guy that um, I talked to to get a lot of my wrestling advice and um, how to do things and what his mindset is on certain things or spots or, you know what I'm saying? And the last person that I tend to listen to is, um, I just met, I, I just became cool with him the last years or so, is TJ Wilson. I go training every Wednesday down in Tampa with him, and um, I I get a lot of his feedbacks. He's definitely a a great in-ring wrestler for the time he did, even though his career got cut short. Yeah, Um, is that where TJ and Natty live? Are they in Tampa? 
Yeah, they're in Tampa, so okay. we go training out there every Wednesday. So those three people right there are like my three go-tos when it comes to gotcha. um to wrestling. But at the end of the day, if Scott wants something a certain way, it's his TV product, right? So you have to do it the way he wants it. Right. When how much yeah. uh, how much lateral movement do you get on your character? Do you get to develop design? talk about a little bit about catchphrases or is it just something that they have a team for it and they talk to you about it? I don't really never knew that side of the business. No. So the difference between impact and like companies that Bobby has worked for, like, like WWE is you get a lot of creative um, control in impact wrestling. So they could tell you how they want things done and you could be honest with them and be like, Hey, I think it would be better if I did it this way. Cause my character it, it fits my character better and they'll take your word for it and if you go out there you do it your way and it works then you can keep doing it your way but if you go out there and do it your way and the bombs then maybe they'll probably want you to do it their way but they give you the creative control and bobby worked with with us for for a, a, a little a few bit shows. So he, yeah so yep. he understands the difference there where you get a lot of your creative control like the promo you did like they gave you the the promo we did together, I think it was in a promo together. Um, yeah, yeah, the that's thing. the Where's the Lie promo. Where's the Lie? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the longest promo segment in the history. <laughs> you have a timer, you're like, dude, 20, 20, yeah. 20 minutes and we're done. Where's Seven of us that had to speak. Yeah. So, but, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, just um, that's a, where's the rule of three, right? Like three yeah. people, three people talk, like otherwise you lose track of what the hell's going on. It's so awkward. Well, they give you a bullet point, but um, they trust you, especially like guys like Bobby and myself. They trust <laughs> trust you with the experience you have to to hit your bullet points and be creative on the rest of everything you have to say. So, yeah, hopefully that well, answers I mean, your that, question. Yeah, that that I mean, you earn your stripes by repetition. You know that, yeah. that if if you go out there and you. Um, you know, you lay a turd the first time, like they're probably not <laughs> yeah. out there to lay a turd the second time. Right. But, yeah. Then why um why is it eight months later you had a pretty long run? Now you say you were getting people over. Um is, is it like a ebb and a flow? Like you'll come back and, and you'll start taking on more responsibility on the on the uh on the upswing, or is it something that just rotates? So it, with impact wrestling, it's something that rotates because unlike for WWE, um Impact Wrestling, and I hate to say this, but I don't personally, but I, I feel like a lot of people time and Impact Wrestling is not always long term. Right. It's always somewhere they come to, to get their name out there and then hopefully a, a company like WWE sees them and then they jump ship. So with Impact knowing this, they can't always build the company around you and have you be on top forever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so it has to be a rotating, rotating ship because it's one of those things where if you have a young guy that's on the roster and you see something in this young guy, obviously the guy who's on top, he might retire, he might go somewhere else. And this young guy still has three years in his contract. So let's get this young guy over. So when this guy who's on top, if he yeah. decides to leave, we have, well, I mean that and injuries right injuries are pretty yeah and, and injuries happen so 
like for instance, I was saying like Roman Reigns, he's been champion for WWE for what, like five years, something ridiculous. I think where, it was like fifteen hundred days. Or listen, after yeah, the Attitude something. Era ended, I got out of it. So I, you know, yeah. it's not for me to even know. So that would never happen in Impact <laughs> because um, Impact is in the business of building more than one guy. You know, they they, right. and I'm not saying WWE doesn't because I mean, obviously they're the biggest comp- wrestling company in the world. But I'm saying Impact tries to to build some of the younger guys. So when some of the guys who are on top of sides to leave, or they get hurt, or they jump ship, or whatever happens, at least they have equity in this young guy they've been building for the past yeah. six months to take yeah. his place. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for uh, there being a little bit more parity in a yeah. in a company like um, Impact, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, oh. I think pro wrestling is. Um, in its simplest form being, you know, good versus bad. So a lot of times like Vince McMahon was always um, a a supporter of the fact that like without predetermined outcomes, you cannot build anybody. So hence why he was never interested in, in MMA or the UFC, et cetera, et cetera. But you uh, you know, the long-term storytelling is what, lasts it's it's what endures you know because you're making people feel an emotion so if you do have some longevity with somebody and you can get fans to invest um long term it's it's always better for all parties i think plus too matt um like it's one of those things where if you have somebody in my opinion if you have somebody be a champion for too long, it gets boring. Yeah, it's right? like, how, how do you get to challenge that person? Yeah. Right. So if you watch, like, I'm big in the movies, especially like the Marvel movies. Love them. And if, Love you, them. If, you, if you watch, yeah, if you watch Avengers and every Avenger, Thanos never lost and just killed everybody. After a while, you're going to be like, this shit is stupid. Like, the bad guy never fucking loses, or this guy yeah. never loses. Like, what the hell? So it's one of those things where, you can't have the same guy on top because it gets boring. Like, well, that's why. But think about, that's why like, Infinity War did so well. The bad guy won. That's why. That's why yeah. it was such a great movie, right? Yeah, the bad guy wins. Right, and then end up the second one. The bad guy end up losing. Right, <laughs> so um, WWE has done a great job keeping the whole that whole situation into um, interesting, um, but for the most part it's hard to keep that situation interesting because it gets stale and it gets boring. Yeah. Are you talking specifically about bloodline right now, or you're just talking in general at the, at the top, like somebody keeping the title? For- oh, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about bloodline specifically. Yeah. They've done a good job of keeping Roman Reigns interested yeah. while he's had the title for so long, right. but generally it's, it usually gets boring. If sure. you see a guy well, hold Yeah. I think that's an example of, you know, it's just, it's hitting on all cylinders and they're, they're, you know, they're hitting all home runs with that. Um, But that's not the entire show um, always. So it'd be hard for, for companies to, um, to follow that as like the blueprint. Um, But I, like I said, I think at the end of the day, the most successful stuff you're going to find is long-term storytelling. Um, I mean, they, and they have- at least to some degree, I think I think Impact does. Um, you know, they they invest in in what they can, but I think they're smart, knowing that like 
it is it can be a transient sort of business uh, I, I think impact does a fantastic job because like um that even with me like when i had the title i mean personally um i think they took it off of me the, at the right time um yeah my scare was i was gonna get stale being a being a champion for way too long because it's like yeah. um you it's and, and bobby knows bobby knows this is the same reason why you don't keep a baby face as as a champion for too long because what ends up happening the yeah. fans end up turning on him. He ends up being the bad guy because yeah. they hate. No, th th that's literally what happens if you if you keep a baby face. If you keep a title on a baby face for a long period of time, the fans end up hating him, yeah. and he ends up having to turn into a bad guy because it's just it gets boring. And who do they take it out on? They take it on the guy who has the belt. Yeah. So, but um, I think Impact does a fantastic job of making it interesting and um, knowing when to pull the trigger on people and when to take the title of people. And I, I think it's they so far, especially with this regime, um, they've done a fantastic job. Yeah, this regime being uh, Scott Diamore, Robert yeah. Evans, um, Jimmy Jacobs. Mm -hmm. is, am I divulging any information that I shouldn't be? Moose? Yeah, I mean, we're already there, I guess. Uh, but, you know, like, so I know the, the uh, brief stop that I had made there. Um, these were the people that, you know, were hustling and bustling backstage yeah. and, and making things happen. And uh, these are all people that I've known over the years. Um, you've known over the years uh, mm -hmm. in the business and they're people that you know they have experience and they've they've kind of come up the right way and i think that that's the that's the common thread and then that's where um i think there's there's hope for the future of of the industry with people like that getting into more office uh yeah. sort of positions because the the business it has to evolve like everything else and um i think it it has um, but that's the great thing too, is right now, I think pro wrestling's pretty, I'd say it's pretty hot right now. You know, yeah, it is. I, it's I, really I hot. There's, there's room for, there's, there's a lot of, for a lot. Right there's now. a lot of nostalgia missing though, because of the social media world and how accessible information is and how yes. guys are so accessible. Right? That's like, very true. Yeah. What, what made the old school wrestlers great was that you couldn't just find stuff out. Like you really had a dig. To find right. out, you know, but the thing nostalgia. is, this. like, how do you create that nostalgia again of, of uh, either an epic match or an epic personality, right? Unless the person is their personality, you know, that's that's the hard. Well, I, I would say it's a little bit unfair in today's oh, it's absolutely unfair wrestling because so much with social media and and then the voracious appetite of the the fan base to know what they um, are programmed to think they're not supposed to know. Right. As opposed to, you know, the storylines and whatnot that is being offered up freely, which is what you, you know, as a kid, what you invested in, you know, right. the saying your prayers, eating your vitamins, like you believed it. You didn't have to, you know, you didn't care if, um, you know, who's, wife was banging somebody else like you you did none of that mattered where nowadays because 
um, so much has been exposed it that that stuff kind of gets the shine on these dirt sheets and stuff and like then you've got this thing like the bloodline which is just freaking brilliant and um i don't know it, you you know i hate That's to see biggest... that lose a little bit of its shine because somebody's more interested in somebody's um you know backstage bullshit that's my biggest um pet peeve about dirt sheets and social medias um i never got it when it came to pro wrestling because it's like you guys are making like news and want to be the media for something that's not that's fictional you're making breaking news yes. for something that's fictional yes. it's kind of like me deciding to be a dirt rider for movies and i'm like oh yeah in avengers um right. captain, captain america uh, tells <laughs> it's like right. who cares it's like right. it doesn't it, it blows right. my mind it's like i go on social media and i see some of these dirt sheet riders saying yeah. oh yeah so at impact wrestling um and i'm just making up stuff this this, this didn't happen but they'll say something like yeah. oh yeah impact wrestling moose um decides that he's gonna cash his X division championship. It's like, bro, this is fictional. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. like no, this yeah. isn't basketball. This isn't yeah. real life. It's, like, it's the, flow, the flow of information happens so quickly. And, and so quickly. People Such a turnover. It. People digest it so quickly. Ready? Yes. Here, here's a cra- couple of crazy stats for you. Majority of millennials, they're going to get the majority of their information from Instagram, right? And when I do get a phone call from a millennial, a person that's 23 or 24 or under, majority oh. of the questions they ask me are just based off Instagram. Like, is right. this true? I read this one article, right, about XYZ investment. Is this true? Is this real? Right? Yeah. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God. I'm like, really, dude? Seriously? Like, some, some jabroni is posting on, on some crazy Insta story, and you're, like, just gulping it up, you know? Yeah. But that's yeah. how it that's that's kind of yeah that's kind of why i wish social media wasn't a thing because it just ruins it's it's, it kills a lot of spoils it it spoils a lot of things like i remember back in the day watching wrestling especially in the rumble like in the 90s attitude era and being genuinely surprised when i saw the entrant like it'll it'll blow my mind where now you know who's going to be in the rumble because of speculations and dirt yes. sheet writers knowing that, oh, um, John Cena's yeah. coming back um, for one night at the Royal yeah. Rumble. So it's like, and fuck. Like, everybody went, wants to be the first one to break the news. Everybody yeah. wants to be the first. So they release information and it's like, what happened? To, like that, when you were a kid, that's you know what you what i loved about saturday night's main event was it was it was unpredictable i didn't know what was going to happen watching, like this is on a saturday night it's the, normally saturday night live like wait wait a second what's what's this but watching the right. ultimate warrior run out and help hulk hogan right when he's getting jumped yeah. right and you're like at the, every hair on your arm is standing up you're like yeah you're screaming at yeah. the tv that's a nostalgia that's missing right yeah. now it's missing in a lot of sports because of what Quinn just said, it's just that flow of information is so fast. Like yeah. imagine, imagine but, when Hulk Hogan turned heel in WCW. If everybody knew, 
if right. to form the NWO, if everybody knew, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got news that the writers are talking about turning yeah. Hulk Hogan heel, and it yeah. might happen on this show. It's like, come on, bro, like, right. are you serious? Like, you fucking serious? It's like, it's like right. spoiling, it's like spoiling a good movie to end into a good <laughs> right. movie. Right, right, right. It, well, and that's the thing too, Moose. Um, <clears throat> you know, there are people who have and I they're almost like I think some of these dirt cheap writers I think they're they're like the lowest level they're almost like a parasite um they just they 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 have they have right and they they've made a career for themselves out of this like parasitic sort of reporting that has no um no checks and balances whatsoever and and like you're you're right matt in saying that like the instagram newsfeed sort of thing like yeah there there's no there's no verification of anything it's just it is what's being said you go on a deep dive you go on a deep dive and you figure out who owns the this country and the world it's like eight companies yeah. They own the rights to these media companies, right? And I saw the article, I think I was reading on Yahoo or something, Yahoo Finance. And like, you look at all like the little breadcrumbs and it all leads up to like eight total companies own the world. And yeah. everything that we buy, everything that we see, everything that we interact with, it's like eight companies all interacting together. Right. <laughs> and like, oh, what was the one? There was like a news feed. Like every every news media station basically said the same thing exactly word for word like we're here as your trusted source of of, of right. respected news media. like literally <laughs> right. every single one said the same exact How thing it's like be our trusted source wait what like, wait a minute yeah. hold and on dennis. dennis is our source dennis yes dennis, he's our well dennis source. is the one that reported um when i left aew that the first phone call i made i hadn't even left the building my first phone call was to triple h to see if I could get not only my own job back, but Adam Coles <laughs> and Kyle O'Reilly's. Um, but at that time, also, I was told, like, you're not welcome back. This came from Triple H himself. Wow. You're not welcome back without those two. So you better go get those two. <laughs> so I put on a disguise, glasses, um, a different mustache. It was like a Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> He and had the Groucho Marx glasses it, on. Look, that's okay. That's your. Oh, on. wow. Thanks, Quinn. That, that reminds me of our shower days back I think I'm ready yeah. to get sick. Like, I no, think look, I'm cat's gonna, asshole. Can, that's can great. Get your cat's butthole off this. Yeah. There you go, Josh. What do you think above, of that? Eyes, eyes above the waist. How was the lighting on that, Josh? Eyes above the waist. <laughs> Josh How lucky that everybody that's network. listening to the audio version of this didn't <laughs> have to had, see that. <laughs> we've had some video, uh, some visual issues with lighting and whatnot. And now, uh, you know, we'll be happy to show Josh uh, this episode. Of so did you get him back, Bobby? Cats did did you get him to come back? No, he got, no, no. Not only did I not get them to come back, but I didn't get my job back either. <laughs> <laughs> And I was the one that actually called Meltzer immediately, immediately. and told him to get yeah. this out on whatever fucking website he runs. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. The world of websites. I was the, I was the mole. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna? Do? Somehow I'm on the show. I don't understand it yeah. at all. The mole. 
the mole. All right, let's take us home. On that note, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I don't think we can go any higher than that. Moose, what you or got lower. coming up, man? What or you lower. got? Uh, what you got happening? What's uh, uh, any? Uh, any when are you any coming plus? to New York, man? Any Come on, let's plus. go. Uh, I don't think we're coming to New York anytime soon. Uh, but mm. at the same time, I don't know my schedule past <laughs> the end of this month. Oh um, my! I don't, I don't know, know my schedule past twenty Tomorrow. minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what's coming up next? Uh, we have TV tapings next weekend in okay. Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia, three, um, two days of TV tapings, and then we go to Australia. We have a tour of Australia. Oh, that's cool! Uh, first time Impact been? Wrestling. I've never been, so I'm looking forward nice. to it. First time Impact Wrestling has done a tour in Australia, so nice. I'm looking forward, looking forward to it. And then oh, the spiders, we, man, there are a lot of spiders over there. Fight a kangaroo. Try and fight a oh, kangaroo I, while you're there. A, 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 a moose versus a kangaroo. That's yeah. that's gonna go viral because I'm gonna Hell beat yeah. his ass. Hell uh, yeah. And I then um, my money's on the kangaroo. We yeah. we have our second biggest pay per view of the year, Slammiversary, and that's July 15th in Windsor, Ontario. Slammiversary sounds like it could be a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Slammiversary. I'm trying to think. Cause it what slam, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, no, that, that yeah. was it, slam, yeah, yeah. slam, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, sorry guys, I had to take it to the potty humor. Yeah, yeah you put it in a different gear there. I wasn't ready yeah. for that. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that too. I like to, be unpredictable. Don't do it again. Unpredictable, Johnny Rods. Huh? Is Val Venus starring in that one? I can't. That's in the wayback machine. I know. All right. So, I know all um, wrestlers. Matt, how about you? What you got coming up, Matt? Um. Well, we're, we're sponsoring <laughs> Any wrestling. Yeah. No westling no wrestling for me. I'm out, I'm out of the loop. Now I sponsor right. wrestling actually. Yes. But you got your um wh- where can we find the uh the podcast? Oh, so our podcast is on YouTube. It's so, so my brand Your Coach Your Money is a part of Your Time Your Money, which is trademarked. It's great. It's on YouTube. We have like 60 episodes and you know, there's some places out there they they don't tell any stories. It's really like mundane. It's hard to watch, but I try to spice it up a little. Um, mm-hmm. We try to do real world scenarios, talk about real stories. Again, like we have a ton of people we work with, so we just change the names but keep the same scenarios, right? And you know, listen, I go meet some of the highest net worth people in the world, right? I've talked to people that have hundreds of millions of dollars, and Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I ask like two questions to them and usually I floor them, right? I ask two simple questions to those people, right? So ready? The the first question, I'll give you the most commonly answered question of what the hell is that, right? So do you have TODs on your banks? TODs on your banks? You have TODs. Um, Most people ask me, what the hell is a TOD? Yeah. So if if you have your own bank account, and you don't have TODs on file, and you die, then your significant other can't go get the money. They got to go get a judgment from a judge. They got to get they got to get all this paperwork. They can't just bring your certificate of death in and just get your money, right? No, but wait, really? but if you have a joint account, different. Then, if it's a yeah. joint account, then they have two owners on the account. But if both you and your significant other die at the same time without a TOD, and let's say you have a kid. Right? What happens? All that money gets all that money gets hung up in probate. 
So that's the most common question I ask to anyone with any money at all. doesn't matter. You can have no right. money. Just put right. a TOD on your bank account. It's a one-page form. You get it at your bank. It takes 30 seconds. People are floored. People are floored by that question, right? And, and, and it's like a little Easter egg that they just go pick up. And they're like, wow, this is awesome, right? The, yeah. other piece, the other piece is, do you have a great estate plan? Most people don't know what that is. Estate plan is a will, healthcare proxies, and POAs. Now, like these Whoa. first two oh, questions. Just passed out. Moose. <laughs> and Moose is, and Moose is asleep. Moose is and, Moose, and he's asleep. Just like in college classes when Ken Miles would yell at him. God damn it, Quinn. Get up. Get out of your freaking chair. Um, and scene. <laughs> most people don't have an estate plan set up, right? Healthcare proxies, right. POAs, right? So that's where I start with people. And okay. it's, it's usually the same answer, right? Like either I have one, it's 15 years old, or what the hell is that? Right, so, right. We're sponsoring a bunch of cool events. We got Cage Wars coming up. Uh, one of my best friends runs the event, and we sponsor the fights. And then uh, we just help people as needed as they come in the door, you know? Yeah. Timmy Rankin's still running that. Oh, uh, man. Love him. Great guy. Yeah. Works butt yeah. off. He can't listen, man. You know, Santa Barbara is a, is a local, like, local guy that does all the politics. He's one of the guys that helped get it through um, to make it so that amateur fighters could fight in New York legally with right. provision. By the way, I met one of my icons growing up, Dan Mergliata. He's one of the most iconic UFC referees. You watch the Conor McGregor fight. He's sure. refereeing the Conor McGregor fight. I'm at, I'm at Cage Wars, and nobody knows the guy, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm a mark, right? I'm like, how do they not know Dan my, my, wife, my wife's like, Matt, go, these say, go, say, go say hi to him. I'm like, I'm going to go say hi. I'm going to go yeah. say hi. <laughs> go love him, arm around him. Oh, what a great guy. He's the best, man. I love that guy. Yeah. But, you know, it's a cool local venue. But, yeah, we just got some fun stuff happening. You know, basic right, cool. basic fun stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, nothing Moose. Is, nothing I... as cool as Slammiversary starring Val Venus, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Val hello, Venus and... ladies. <laughs> or, hello, or someone like hello. Hello. Dude, the, the bit where the bit where the uh uh the what what was the guy's name where they choppy choppy right what was the choppy choppy pee pee off what was the guy's name though I can't remember Frank Funaki 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 that was awesome that was a great bit I choppy choppy pee pee off wow 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 okay on that note. It's a magical yeah. time of night where we should probably say good night now. <laughs> well, Moose, thank you for joining us. Mr. Thanks Carlo, for having me. Thank you nice for you, uh, man. surprising our friend Quinn. Quinn, I can't wait to give you a big hug, man. I miss you. Yeah, I'll let you know the next time we uh, in the Atlanta area. I mean, the New York area. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, listen. Like I said, I tra I travel all over the country. So we're 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 in Atlanta. We're in Florida. Like we have clients all over the country. So. Uh, where is your home base, Quinn? I'm in Orlando. All right. So if I come down to Florida or if I come see yeah. Bobby, I might I might be coming to see Bobby soon. I'll yeah. uh, I'll let you know. Okay. Nice. For sure. Bobby, thank you. And 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 guys, yeah, I appreciate you, you having me on. Yeah, All right. of course. Thank you. You are all right, guys. Surprise. All right, nice meeting you guys. All right, Bobby. I'm not I'm not gonna go do cardio, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I like me being, either. I like being fat, so it's good. All right. <laughs> All, All right. right. In the winter. It's cold in New York.
not 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 now. All right, Bobby, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no, thank you, Matt. Frank, what do you got? Um, nothing. Although I am wearing a new Bobby Fish t-shirt look at that look at that come on speak english oh wow that is the uh that is the new guys you can't make those noises that's sorry yeah that is the yeah that is the that's the new undisputed podcast garnet and gold after our alma mater that's the raider pride yeah once a raider always a raider i saw something on facebook today about like and it was we changed the name we're not getting into that now. I, I want to no, go home. We so we're good. Yeah. But okay. it's, uh, yep. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. BobbyFishApparel.com. That is where to get your official Bobby Fish merch and also the Undisputed Podcast merch. Beautiful. And with that, I will close it out with uh, say goodnight, Bobby. Goodnight, Bobby. Oochie, oochie.